0: Welcome to the Multi-Purpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. Here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. Whether you're new to the PTA or boards or have heard of Robert's rules and have always wondered who's Robert and what are his rules? This is the episode for you. I have served on nonprofit boards for over a decade. All of them have used Robert rules in some way, shape or form. Our current PTO models our meetings on Robert's rules. My PTA Certainly follows Robert's rules. And so I've got a lot of experience with the rules and have gotten a lot of questions about them. So I thought that I would do some additional research and put together a high level guide of Robert's rules, what they are, why they exist, some tips on how to get business done in meetings, and then some additional resources. Robert's rules were first published in 1876 by U.S. Army Major Henry Martin Robert. They were loosely modeled after the rules used in the United States House of Representatives, and he was presiding in a church meeting, Robert was, that is, and discovered that delegates from different parts of the country interpreted how to run the meeting differently, and he sought to create order out of that chaos. The book is now many editions in, has several updates from COVID times, but still stands as the way we govern meetings, most generally. I'm gonna start by talking about some of the guiding principles, then I'll get into a little bit about the order of meetings, how you get things done, and then some quick tips. First, the guiding principles are that everyone has the right to participate in discussion if they wish, Everyone has the right to know what is going on at all times. And only one thing can be discussed at a time. Robert's Rules of Order apply these guiding principles to meetings and general procedures. They are, however, trumped by any of your governing documentation. And so what I mean by that is your Articles of Incorporation are where to start. Next are your bylaws. If your organization has its own specific rules of order, you'll wanna go there first. And after that, Robert's rules only apply where the other documents are silent. Under Robert's rules of order, meetings have a specific flow and you probably have seen this just in the agendas of your meetings. Typically, there's a call to order of the meeting. There's opening roll call and determination of whether you have a quorum. The definition of what quorum is needed will be found in your bylaws. There's an adoption of the agenda, a reading and approval of the minutes of the prior meeting, any reports of officers or committees, any unfinished business, new business, announcements, and adjournment. Now this may vary a little bit for different organizations and you will have to see how yours is structured, but this is the typical order of business. The presiding officer, which is usually the president, their job is to facilitate this meeting. They should remain impartial during debate, vote only, to break a tie, determine that a quorum is present, introduce business in the proper order, recognize speakers, determine if a motion is order, and put motions to a vote and announce the results. So what are motions? Motions are really the way things get done. They are particularly relevant in the unfinished business and new business sections of the meeting agenda but really even adopting the agenda, adopting the minutes from the last meeting and adjournment require a motion to occur. I'll talk a little more about quick tips on how to make motions, but once a motion is made, you are discussing the topic of the motion. You you discuss only that topic And you continue that discussion until there is a vote on the motion. That discussion has some general rules. First, no member may speak until recognized by the chair. Usually this is accomplished by somebody raising their hand and the president recognizing them, calling out their name, for example, and then they have the floor. All discussion must be relevant to the pending question. No member may speak a second time until everybody who wants to have the opportunity to speak has spoken, and no member may speak more than twice. Typically, the debate is limited to a certain amount of time per person. The default is 10 minutes, but I've seen many organizations that limit that to two or three. All remarks should be addressed to the chair. In other words, you shouldn't be talking to other members, but speaking directly to the president. This is one area where I've seen a lot of organizations depart from Robert's Rules and have discussion amongst the group. That departure is fine as long as that is something that your organization is comfortable with and the way that you transact business. Robert's Rules are meant to be a guide and to facilitate the transaction of business. So if your organization has found different ways to do that and you are being effective, then Robert is not there to stop you. So let's talk about some tips around making motions or getting things done. So either during the unfinished business or new business sections, You want to bring up an idea to the group. After being recognized by the president, you present your motion. Now, in order for your motion or your idea to be discussed, somebody needs to second that motion. So, for example, you may say, I move to set aside $500 from the budget for a new family picnic. Another person must say, I second that motion. Once that motion has been seconded, the floor is open for discussion or debate. Let's say you want to change some of the wording or you want to substitute and put in like a different but related idea. If you want to just change some minor wording, you may move to amend the motion. You can do that if it's your own motion, or you can do that if it's somebody else. So for example, you may amend the motion to $550 because you misspoke. Or somebody may say they, want, they would like to discuss putting aside $550 for a new family party rather than picnic. That would likely be a substitute motion. Again, any new idea or amendment will need a second to be discussed. If that reword or amendment is seconded, discussion will continue on the two ideas and eventually the body will vote on which motion they prefer. Because they are related ideas, you can continue in a parallel discussion on both. Let's say the discussion is progressing, but you end up at a stopping point because you need more information. For example, you may decide to refer the idea to a committee. Now, It may be that you want to know if $550 is enough to cover the picnic. You heard that the parks had raised their costs this year to $500, and so with only $50 for food, that seems like not enough. You may want to move to refer this idea to a committee for further research. And you may also want to then move to postpone the discussion to a later date. Those two would be two different motions. Each would have to be seconded, and then there would be a vote on whether those were good ideas. If you feel like you have heard enough, you can move to close the debate. This is also referred to as calling the question. This cuts off discussion. Now note Most motions require only a majority to pass. However, if you want to limit the debate or close the discussion before everybody has spoken, that requires a two-thirds vote or two-thirds in favor of to pass. Everything else requires just a majority. So, If you just let the discussion come to its natural end and then the president calls the vote, the original motion will require only a majority to pass. So a majority votes in favor of the picnic and it has passed. However, if you move to close the debate before everybody has spoken, you need to take a vote on whether to close the debate. Two thirds of people will have to vote to close the debate and then... If that passes, the president will call for a vote on the original motion, and that will require a majority to pass. Those are some tips on how to conduct business and bring motions or ideas to the floor. Now, because the rules of order require that everything in the meeting be done by motion, Do remember that to take a break or to end the meeting, you do have to make a motion which has to be seconded and approved by the majority. So you want to take a break, you move to recess for 10 minutes or until 3 o'clock, somebody seconds that, majority vote to pass, and then you take your break. Similarly, at the end of the meeting, somebody will move to adjourn the meeting, somebody will second, and then a majority vote. A majority vote is defined as more than half the votes cast by those present and voting. So, people who are not present at the meeting cannot vote and do not count to that majority. Now, a two thirds vote is exactly as it sounds, and also for those present and voting. Note that the chairperson or president is not counted in the majority vote or the two thirds vote unless they are the tiebreaker and then they will vote. Some of the most common ways to vote are through voice vote or hand raising. However, you also can do a ballot vote or a roll call vote. A roll call vote is used when it's desired to have a record of how each person voted. And then you call out a name and note down the person's vote, yay or nay. Proxy voting is specifically prohibited under Robert's Rules. You may do it, however, if your bylaws allow for it. So that's how you conduct business following Robert's Rules. If you want additional information, Robert's Rules of Order is a book you can buy. There's Robert's Rules of Order in brief as well, which is a much shorter overview of the rules and is a pretty handy guide. You can get Robert's Rules for Dummies, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Robert Rules, and other books that explain Robert's Rules. They are very helpful to have. However, if you just have some quick questions, you can check out robertsrules.com. There's an FAQ there, including some information about how to handle some COVID issues that have come up under Robert's Rules. And if you really want to dig deep on this, Parliamentarian is always the place to go. So if your organization has a parliamentarian start there. State PTAs and National PTA have parliamentarian resources. There's also parliamentarians.org and parlapro.org that's p a r l i p r o .org. I hope that this helps you have very effective meetings in the future and don't hesitate to reach out with questions. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at www.k12clothing.com. We'll see you next week in The Multipurpose Room.